What's up, chumps? <laughs> just kidding, just fooling around. Some sort of beast has entered our abode. Data, for the love of God! Turn away or stop! From the Great North to Wonder Wharf. All right. Hey, North Dwarfers. Today we are interviewing a triple threat in the comedy world. He is a writer, producer, and actor who has worked on projects such as Thugs the Musical, The New Negroes, The Wiz, Jim Jeffrey Show, Viva La Vida, and Totally Biased. Last Week Tonight with John Oliver and The Great North. Pup, pup. According to IMDb, he is 5'10", and that is two feet taller than Kevin Hart. So without further ado, let's go ahead and meet the very talented Kevin Avery. <laughs> Yo, wow, those are, that's a statistic. Yeah, IMDb said random fact, you're 5'10". <laughs> Yeah, but that's not two feet taller than Kevin Hart. That means know, Kevin Hart's dude. three foot ten. I'm just, I, I'm just ripping on Kevin. It's fine. He's I an tried to do the, with the, I wasn't thinking, and I just went, oh, interesting. And then I did. Then, I, <laughs> then my brain actually kicked in, and I was like, no, that's that's uh, he's having some fun there at the expense of Mr. Hart. I do also, as somebody who is five foot two, JB, I resent that uh, statement there. So. Oh, maybe it was more oh. of a jab at Mike than actually. I will review these notes next time. But yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, Kevin, for sitting down with us. We really appreciate you giving yeah, us any amount of time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, I'm already excited. Oh, all right, calm down. I know you're you're yeah. jumping out of your seat. Please, I'm, I'm very take fidgety. down a notch. But yeah, I'm a little. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I fidget a lot on these uh, these podcasts. I don't know what it is. It's you know what it is. I'm trying to just get comfortable. I'm on the couch. Yeah, no, I, I'm always trying to not look not cool. So I'm like, what do I do with my entire right. body? I don't um, think I don't know that this is what I've got going on here is cool, but it's definitely it's comfy. If I take off this background, you'll see just how cool you are. So don't really? worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I can't imagine what's back there. Okay, a lot of bodies. It's weird. Uh, okay, well, you know, wow. Some people would say that's cool. We don't want those people. Some people. No. You're right. That's not. But to say, and this became a very weird podcast, Mike, real quick. Well, he asked, and I'm not going to be a liar about it, but. All right. So let's just jump right into it. Um, sure. So where did you grow up and what kind of childhood did you have? Uh, okay. This is <laughs> We're going way back. Therapy. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> I grew up in the Bay Area and okay. uh, okay. California. I grew up. And uh, I, I grew up in San Jose, California. I um, and then lived in San Francisco for a while. That's where I started doing stand up. Um, and in between there, yeah, I had some kind of childhood. It was all right. <laughs> it didn't hurt me. It treated me. Uh, I mean, not as you know, not any more or less than your average childhood. Um, yeah. What? Can, hold on now. What the hell do you think? <laughs> kind of answer you. What is it you're looking for? Because I feel like that's a question you ask all the guests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There must, be, there really, must be like a golden ticket answer that you might be like, holy shit. Really, I, I think the way we're trying to word this is at what point were you scarred and kidnapped as a child? Um, I'm trying to think if I was ever kidnapped. When was the first time? Uh, wow, Mike. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I've, I've locked them all out of my memory, but I that's know good. it's happened. We'll get about it. Yeah. So I have a friend, I do have a friend who was kidnapped. And wow. Um, yeah. She, she was, 
was going to do a show about it, uh, like a, a solo show. And then I never got a chance to see. I think I moved. She had told me about it when before I moved to New York from, from Los Angeles. And, and then I, I moved to New York and I was there for five years. <laughs> And I missed out on the show on whatever the hell happened and this this woman's story. So I gotta track her down and find out what the hell went down. That's one the of these, golden, yeah, that's the golden ticket answer we're looking for. One of these <laughs> days we'll get a kidnap victim. Yeah, one of these you days. You didn't need me to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but here we are. <laughs> already derailing this podcast. <laughs> An episode ago, two episodes ago, we went on a whole 9-11 tangent. So don't worry, we we make sharp left turns. Okay. Wow. And I don't think we even directed it that way. I think our guest did. <laughs> yeah, he said, I got a funny 9-11 story. And then there we went. There you go. Um, but That'll yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll take you there. So yeah, that was my childhood. No okay. no kidnapping. Okay. Uh, just kind of hanging out. I went to private school. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I was like one of the handful of black kids at all times. Uh, I was I was the only black kid, or well, no, I, I was the first black kid to graduate from my junior high in the history of the school. Oh wow! Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, no parade, nothing. Um, and, That's lazy. Uh, really, it really is, isn't it? Do you feel like you're due for a parade? Like maybe like you're long overdue for one? Then you know, uh, some kind of streamers or uh, like a confetti gun, something. or like a balloon, just something. <laughs> One lone balloon, somebody playing a, a French horn. I don't know, but I got sometime it. a degree just isn't enough, you know. I got a diploma, and they, they diploma the hell out of there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that mm. was it. We'll get one together for you. No Appreciate it. We'll send it over. Yeah. <laughs> just a lone balloon drifting <laughs> over to my place, in and just <laughs> some person just like wah wah. That hell of an effort. <laughs> no, I would applaud that. A great deal. <laughs> So we kind of will use that question to lead into this one of like, did you grow up watching cartoons or did you, what kind of like TV did you watch as a kid? Well, I, I watched everything. I mean, yes, I, as a child, I watched cartoons as kids do and stuff, but like I, um, my, my thing wasn't like animation as a kid. Um, I was into sitcoms oh. and, and um, you know, whatever other, corny tv that was that was out there i watched as uh, i you know and a lot of old stuff a lot of reruns that's really where <laughs> where i spent most of my tv life is watching shit that was on tv before i was even alive and um yep that's where i learned comedy and I, there's something about those old shows if you go back and watch like Family Ties or Three's Company or mm -hmm. old, even go further back, like I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah, is a great one. There's something about the it is just classic, you know, standard. Uh, the, the rhythm of those shows. Yeah, it's the just pace and comedy. timing. Yeah, it's it's such a great lesson in that. In 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 terms of writing and in terms of performing. I mean, that's how I sort of learned how to how to perform how to how to act when I was a kid, mm -hmm. you know, uh, when, and, um, yeah, those, so th that was the kind of stuff that I, you know, I sort of wallowed in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me as a kid, the goal, the opportunity to stay up late was very few times, but mm -hmm. 
for me, my mom would definitely be more open to it if she's like, well, if you just want to watch Nick at night with me, you're more than welcome to stay, like, stay right. up and hang out. And that's where all those shows were. So, like, I grew up yeah. watching, like, I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke Show, I Dream of Genie, yes. all that stuff, Bewitched, all that stuff. Welcome yeah. Back, Cotter was a favorite of yeah, mine. Yeah, that was yeah. another good one. Yeah. You know what, though? I did go through a thing where I think uh, it was, like, every, every big animated show that came out, I was hooked on for a while. Mm. And then I could quickly just, and then I suddenly it was, I was done with it. Mm. And so like, I, I remember uh, maybe Beavis and, well, The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. of course. And then I remember Beavis and Butthead came out and made some, and I was obsessed with that. And then I was at some point, and I may get, be getting the chronology wrong, but I was obsessed with Ren and Stimpy at some point. I was about to ask if mm -hmm. Ren and Stimpy was next in line. Oh, that was <laughs> Big, I mean, I yeah, I had I was I had Ren and Stimpy, the little dolls, little mm -hmm. like squeeze. Yeah. I think he could squeeze Stimpy and he would fart. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, and and then you know South Park, the, the whole it was uh, even Family Guy. The, I I went through a phase with all of these, like a love affair with all of mm -hmm. them, and uh, and then I just kind of moved on to whether it was another animated show that got my attention or whether I just tuned out or mm -hmm. whatever. But yeah, I've always, so I've had a history of like kind of loving animation and just being like, what is this? What do they do? And everyone felt, all of each one of them felt so different from the next. And so that's yeah. kind of exciting. But King of the Hill. Yeah, oh, I love King of the Hill. Mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're trying to make a revival of King of the Hill. So yeah, I'm, they're going to we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so at, at what age did you start exploring your creative side? Did you make like home movies or was it kind of just acting up as a child or? Um, I, I mean, very, very young, very, I, you know, I think it's kids though. You're sort of thrown into that. I mean, art or mm -hmm. singing, you know, or whatever, but I think here's what happened for me though. This is the thing I, I very specifically remember in the third or the fourth grade, this kid wrote a story. We all had to do some kind of presentation or something. This kid wrote a story about a carrot this kid named Greg Kelly, I will never forget this. He wrote this story about a carrot's journey from like being grown, coming up out of the ground, being picked, going, hopping on the back of the truck, going into the carrot plant or, or whatever, <laughs> the whole deal. And I, I think it was, I, I wanna say it was fourth grade, but I might've been too old. To, well, no, I don't know, third, fourth grade. And I remember him reading this story in the class and I was just captivated. <laughs> just like what's gonna happen to this carrot man like i was just sucked in and that i think was the first time i was like i gotta get on board with this writing shit oh. <laughs> I, think that, I think that was really like i was always into performing yeah yeah i was always a, a an actor and i loved stand-up comedy and so i was you know sort of i was that was my obsession but that carrot Thing, that's when I was I became really interested in story mm -hmm. just the epic nature of it was like my Lord of the Rings before I actually read Lord of the Rings gotcha. I'm like just imagining like coming this year to IFC the carrot story directed by like David Lynch or something where it's Yo, just if I could put if I could uh you know pitch and sell the carrot story I would you know uh, hook up Mr. Kelly because it's his, it's his. Not, you know, the character story is not my story to tell. 
What am I? <laughs> yeah. it's not my journey. It's not my journey. <laughs> it's not your journey. Unless it's like this weird indie film that takes the whole class and it's like, how did the carrot story affect all of us? <laughs> what did yeah. it do to us? Or a dark telling of the tale of this <laughs> carrot, and you know. But yeah, that so that was like the first thing, and and really, it really started as a performer. I mean, like. Um, doing I was I loved stand-up comedy and so you know I would listen to comedy records and then perform the routines in my class when I was a kid and, and you know I always dreamed of being a comedian I never thought I would actually do it because the idea of writing material seemed like well that's that's nuts I don't know how you do that but mm. meanwhile I was writing funny stories or essays or whatever in class and then reading them to the class Mm -hmm. And they were laughing at those. And I never, my brain didn't make the connection like, hey, dummy, this is stand-up. You're kind of doing it, you know? And so it was a long time. Uh, it was a long time before I believed that, oh, I can just go ahead and, and write material and do this myself. But that doing that and, and then kind of trying to write stories of my own, um, that was sort of my first sort of, you know, dip into the creative world mm. and I was hooked I mean that's all I be I became obsessed with that either you know writing or performing somewhere in some capacity mm. so according to like LinkedIn it says that you you attended Tuskegee University got a BA in English was okay. the goal still had you connect the dots at that point that I could be a comedian or were you still trying to like maybe I'll just do writing and see where this oh. goes or what, like was going as an English major, was that the, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> listen, I well, knew, was it a case of like, English is easy, let's get this and get that degree? Yeah, I was, I, I only I only went to college because my parents were like, yeah, you're going to college. Yeah. They like, yeah. they basically threatened me, you know, it's just traditional, hey, you're doing this, then you do it and you go, and especially because I did, I'd had this private education so mm -hmm. they were like well we've already paid for all this shit so we're not doing that for nothing and so i remember my parents they were like either if if you don't go to college you're either going to the military that was a big thing you're going to go to the military and i was like Ooh. or they were because i just imagined waking up early and i was like well not doing that that's uh, the route i went yeah i i was like i can't see it um but that or they were or my dad used to threaten me he was from alabama and he's like we'll send you we'll send you back to alabama and you could be a longshoreman and, oh, I, no. like, and I didn't know what it no, was no, 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 but no. it didn't sound good i was like nah i guess i'll go to college so you know i just picked a major i was like well english I already speak the language that's a c there you know there you so yeah. it's a you're halfway there yeah yeah so I just did that. And I mean, yeah, I could, obviously, okay, I could write, I could, you know, do the things that I, but I, once I got to college, I just, again, it was all about performing and I was acting and I was, I was doing music, you know, so it was, it was all about singing and dancing. I was in a dance crew. I was in a, at one point I was a rapper. I used to really be able to like freestyle. No one ever believes it. I, I I have a couple. I did a deep dive on your Instagram, so I have a question or two about uh. Okay. That. Okay. But yeah, yeah I, I was like, at one point, I was a rapper. I was in a dance crew, and I was um I was in an R and B singing group, and like a '90s R and B singing group. 
yes. and uh, which is like the triple crown of blackness. That's, <laughs> the, that's the tribe. I did it. <laughs> I you got the egot of uh, yeah. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Doing all three? What? Yeah, Ooh, Renaissance back man. there? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I not only went to college, I did this as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's what that's what it was all about for me. Well, in 2007, you were part of the USO as a comedian, or you joined, um, you teamed up with the USO, sorry, as a comedian entertainer going to um, war-torn countries, uh, Kuwait and Iraq specifically. Um, What was it like doing those kind of tours? Well, teamed up, uh, I use that loosely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Was this your, the the parent military thing coming back or? No, no, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, shout out to the military, all all those who serve. Uh, But I... You, I, well, I still do. Uh, I open for, I work with David Allen Greer a lot, uh, both mm-hmm. a comedian and actor. And, it, you know, obviously it's been a while because of the pandemic and stuff, being, you know, but um, <clears throat> back then we were working together a lot. And he, he messaged me, he sent me a message somewhere and was like, hey man, on like Facebook or something. Mm. It was like, hey, uh, come with me to Iraq. And I was like, <laughs> And I was like, uh-uh. And it just seemed, out of the blue like that, it just seemed crazy. And at the time, I still, I hadn't, like, I still had a day job, like a nine-to-five mm-hmm. job. And so I was just, I was living in San Francisco, just kind of sitting in this, in this cubicle. And, and I get this message, and I was like, oh, that seems dangerous. Yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I was, I was like, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't know. Like, this is all, this is all in the span of like five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm literally in the middle of writing him a message that's like, Hey man, I don't know. I think that week I'm going to be, uh, I, I have my, I have some shoelaces to uh, <laughs> rearrange and wash. And, and then he calls me, he's like, man, just go with me. Like he, like he had already gotten the message. Like he knew I was right. And I was like, yeah, of course. And it's one of the the greatest things I've ever had the opportunity to do. And um, just to go there and and get to perform for those folks who are out there serving and, and putting their asses on the line. And and so, yeah, I, you know, we went, we had a great time. Some of it was a little scary. Oh yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but not real. I mean, for the most part, it was, we were very safe. We were yeah. in very capable hands, but there was one, I think there was one night with the first night, actually, it was the only night flight we had. We were, and this was the time when they were at the time they were shooting down all the Blackhawks. There was like a two week span where it was all in the news. Like Blackhawks were being shot down. I think I don't want to speak out of school, but I think, and do not quote me on this, but I think it was like a dozen. I think like mm-hmm. twelve, you know, uh, choppers or helos or whatever they call them went down. And uh, it's helo, isn't it? I, yeah, whirly birds, helo, chopper, <laughs> copter. Yeah. We have so many names for them. I, I yeah, I was corrected a long time ago. It's a helo. I was a <laughs> yeah. uh, but but anyway, a bunch of them had been shot down, and so I was like, oh shit, it feels feels kind of hot over there right now. Yeah, and. And I was like, well, I'm sure that that's not how we'll be traveling. And of course, that's that's how you go everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, we, our first night, we did a show and then they were taking us to where we were going to stay, which was one of the palaces, mm-hmm. one of uh, Saddam's son's palaces. And as we take off, I look out, David's sitting sort of in front of me. I guess he's facing me. Mm-hmm. And we're taking off and we're on sort of a tilt. It's dark outside. And I look down and this red ball of fire <laughs> is coming <laughs> at us. I just see this big, like big red thing. And I was like, what? And I look up and I was like, really day one? And I look up at David <laughs> and he he sees it too. And he, we just look at each other like, well, we gave it a shot. And that was, I mean, like, it was a, That was, it was a great set. Yeah, it, <laughs> like, that's that. it was just the most kind of lay down and like, what are you gonna do, man? Kind of thing. <laughs> and then we looked back down and we saw that they were falling away. And that's when we realized, oh, these are the countermeasures. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. They release mm-hmm. so that nobody, in case someone is shooting at us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your first thought is, well, why wouldn't they tell us? And then the second thought is, well, it's none of your business. You're not flying. There you go. There you not, go. They don't need to, Mr. Avery, you cool? We're going to release, releasing yeah. countermeasures. <laughs> Kevin, Captain Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Thumbs up. We good? Yeah. Kevin, so, you good? You get back <laughs> <yeah>. there. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, the, but every time we got in one, I remember asking the, uh, whoever was next to me, usually it was like the guy, the gunner or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, how long's the trip? <laughs> that was the like. I wanted to know how long we were going to be in the air, uh, you know. And it, it usually it was it was pretty quick. They were like fifteen to twenty minute trips. Once it was like forty minutes, and I was like, okay. And I was nervous as hell mm. the whole time, but um, we were fine. They took great care of us. They were really fun shows, and uh, yeah, we were going to go back. And then I don't know what happened, but I. I think I don't think I, I think it was a scheduling thing and then they stopped. I don't I don't know what happened. But I know um, while I, for better or worse, never got to deploy um, my buddies who all went. I mean, they love everything the USO does and everything you guys did out there. Um, I don't know. if This was back in like 2005. So it wasn't mm-hmm. when you went, but the USO is so important. So anytime yeah. folks like you do that stuff, we really appreciate that. So thank you for even doing the tour. No, thank, mm-hmm. thank you guys. I mean, yeah, it was it was uh, an honor to do it. So and just to be somewhere in the world that, you know, I may I will probably never be again. And mm-hmm. just, it, it just I don't know, it was it was a, a very it's cliche to say, but it was, you know, it was a moving experience. And I've met friends there. <clears throat> that I'm, I'm still friends with uh, to this day, <laughs> which was a weird thing to think I would go away there and, and meet people and they're still like, I see them, I'm in communication with them. Mm-hmm. I talked to uh, one of them uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, wow. So yeah. When they popped off those, um, uh, for the life of <laughs> me, I cannot remember what they're called, but to take away from the heat seeking uh, missiles and the stuff. Did, yeah, the countermeasures. Did they do evasive maneuvers as well, or was it just it? The, it lifted and it was on a tilt. So I don't. Yeah. I don't really remember as much. Right. I just. I do remember it tilted because I looked. I was just leaning over. And I <laughs> yeah. kind of like, oh, look at that. Uh, <laughs> that didn't freak me out. I was like, there's a. You could fall right out of the the damn thing, and I. Was yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever. But yeah. it was just seeing the uh, the. <laughs> oh, and one other time, one other time. You know, they'll just. They'll just like you're flying over the desert and they'll just fire the guns. 
randomly. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and man, when that happened, I I was like, oh no, what's happening? No, it's really happening. Like I freaked the fuck out. Just you we're just bored. Yeah. It's a long drive. It's a long flight. We yeah. gotta do something. You're just there minding your business. <laughs> what? Are we in it? Is this happening? <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, we were on the when we were uh day two, it was the morning that we were we were at the palace still. The other comedian with us, a uh, very funny comedian named Chris Tinkle, also originally a Bay Area guy. And he, he and I were like, well, let's go hang out by the pool. And we were out there on the, at the pool chilling for, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. We're on like Facebook or whatever. And <laughs> just my, that was what you did, I guess, back, back then. Isn't that a weird thing to say? Back, back then, we were just on Facebook. But I remember specifically that's what we were doing because that's what our excuse was when we came back in and they were like, where were you? Why didn't you come in for the alarm? And we were like, well, we were on Facebook. What, what alarm? What, like that was a place to go. We were on, we were, no. We, we were, were at Facebook. I don't know what you want. Yeah. Why didn't you stick your heads in and just say, hey, uh, we never heard an alarm. But, you know, when you hear it, you got to get in a bunker. You got mm -hmm. to do a thing. And we, we were just out there just a click clacking away. And our little, little lappy tops <laughs> by the poolside at a, at a Saddam's palace. I'm, I'm sure everyone who was on your security diesel got an earful about that. Okay, kind of a, a couple of common assholes is what the two of us. As alarms going off, we got the comedians out here on Facebook by the pool. What are you doing? So. Yeah, they were they were the drill sergeant, the the the, the master sergeant. Uh, Master Sergeant Kent was on my ass because I was late to everything, and he was—he got—he got in my ass like I actually was uh, part of the military. Hey, did you have to? Did you have to wear a flat jacket everywhere? Yeah, full battle rap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had to, had to, one time I stepped out of the out of the place I was staying in, in all all the gear, and he mm. was just standing outside of the door. Hey, you ready? <laughs> You're early. What? This is a new day. Like, okay, Let's roll out. All right. Yeah, yeah, but it was very fun. Nice. Like next time, run all that by Captain Kevin. Next time, you try to yeah, get me in. Captain Kev. So in 2008-2009, you worked on like a variety of different projects, kind of playing yourself. And the ones that they had listed, I mean, there was a bunch, but I picked like the Oyment County TV. Um, what was it kind of like just to kind of do these projects and just kind of, I guess, start doing some comedy and things like that? Guys, I got to tell you. Okay, so <laughs> these were these were probably just things where like sort of like this, but they were, I know one was like a guy, he, the, the ointment was the first thing I did when I moved to LA. And it was just a, I think it was like a video, um, yeah, it was like a, it was a video podcast essentially. Oh, and oh. Um, yeah, I I just kind of showed up and hey, it's me. And same with whatever else, the other things. <laughs> I did a lot of those things, and uh, yeah, you know, it was it was it was easy being me. <laughs> All I had to do was show up and talk, and uh, you know, but that, I mean, yeah, the ointment. I just remember, I don't know, I. Do any of all of those, like at the time I was like, because you know, 
you move to LA and you hear, well, it's hard to do this or that or any little thing, you know, you're moving to a new place. Are you going to meet new people or make friends or, or whatever? Are you going to get stage time? Are you going to be on anybody's radar? And so any of those little, uh, uh, like, I don't want to say little, but any of those like things you do when you first come to town, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, here we go. We're, we're off and running, you know, no matter how big or, or sort of, you know, kind of low key and under the radar they may seem. It's, it all sort of was like, all right, I'm here and I'm doing this. As opposed to showing up, unpacking your shit and then you're just at home like, well, now what do I do? In 2011, you were credited with being a writer and performer in Thugs the Musical. How did a project like this come about and what was the highlight you had while performing in this, this particular project? Tell you how it came about. I made it up. Um, <laughs> there is a... Oh, okay. Well, I was going to turn the computer and show you the Thugs musical poster hanging on the wall, but there's a mm -hmm. Christmas tree in its way. So forget it. Oh, right. I, I'm <laughs> glad I'm not the only one with a Christmas tree still up then. February 1st, we are still going Christmas hard here. Look, you can mm. you can see the Santa hat. I thought I saw right a Santa hat over and there. Look up there. Oh, wait. There, there's a little Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. Thing. Mm -hmm. But next to that is a ginger, is a Lego gingerbread house. I'm very into Legos, guys. Of uh, course. It's a little hobby. There's nothing wrong with that. Pandemic. Yeah. Um, nice. But so Thugs Musical is it's a short film that I wrote and uh, was in, produced, um, and directed by Liam Sullivan, uh, who's great and I couldn't have asked for a better director because he was a guy who really understood comedy and mm -hmm. he he was used to making comedy he did his own stuff you remember I don't know there like he did the video he created that character Kelly so that classic song uh shoes I got to oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 like, yeah whole mm -hmm. big thing and yeah that's him and oh, so, wow. oh wow yeah so he was he directed it and <clears throat> basically uh I you know I was in San Francisco. I was auditioning for stuff, um, you know, as an actor and not, you know, I, I talked on stage about being a black guy with this voice and, and growing up in Catholic school. And I, you know, lived on a street called Olive Branch Lane and all this shit. And so, and talked about doing these auditions where you're just not quite black enough. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I, I was the the joke that I eventually did was or the very the rough idea of it was that you know um, I would audition for the role of like a thug or something like that and just you know uh, obviously wasn't gonna wasn't gonna get it but like I could play a thug it would just have to be in some kind of theatrical like and then the big thing was that I would do, like I would sort of do an act out and I was singing these, you know, car in neutral, turn out the lights, bust the cap, you know. And so, um, but I, I remember thinking of this, like in the shower and then, and then thinking, don't do that. It's really stupid. It's not, it'll, that's, that's terrible. Just knock it off. And I didn't do it for weeks or months or something like that. And then one day I was walking to the punchline. I was like, I'll just try it. And I just thought of these songs really quickly in my head, these quickies that I could do to, to do a, like a little act out. And I did it and it just worked like gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And someone <laughs> told me, they were like, you, you got to write this out. You got to write this Thugs the Musical thing out. I was like, all right, sure. 
And I was like, I'm not writing any thugs the music. I'm not. They, I think people kept saying, like, write the whole play. The uh, I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. No, but I because but I was, you didn't want to, or you didn't think it was worth pursuing. I was like, I'm not writing a play, a okay. musical, a full <laughs> musical. No. And so, and so, um, but then I was working with David again, mm-hmm. and I did the bit. It was still pretty new, and he was like. At the time, he was about to. Um, in fact, he talked to me about it. Uh, I think in Iraq, he was about to do Chocolate News for Comedy Central, oh. and he was like, "Yo, you should, you should write that. There's some version of it, um, you know, because you could bring this on the show. You could pitch this to my show, and like we could have you as a writer." And I was like, "What?" And so I was about <laughs> to move to LA, and and that was the thing. I I wrote this to as a piece to uh, you know submit for his show and then didn't get it and in <laughs> fact in fact I sent it to him he was like this isn't going to work for the show mm. the format the way it is now it's not going to work and so I just put it in the drawer and then you know whenever months later I was like maybe I could rewrite this as just like a short film type of thing and I did, and I gave it to my manager at the time. She passed it to, she was also managing Margaret Cho. Okay. Passed it to Margaret. Okay. I had, and I was on the phone with my manager talking about it. <clears throat> and she was like, oh, I, I'll just send this to Margaret. In the time that we were, my manager and I were having this conversation, Margaret got it, read it, and wrote back and was like, I love this, I'll do it, and I'll do whatever needs to, to be done to make it happen. And so she's in it, David is in it, um, you know, all the, Baron Vaughn, you know, very funny comedian and actor, Baron Vaughn, uh, Rachel True, who I was a huge fan of, actress Rachel True was in it. Um, like so many really cool people um, are, you know, made this thing happen. And so, yeah, it was just this, it was sort of my first, I was doing like uh, uh, shorts when I lived in San Francisco shooting stuff with like Kamal Bell, W. Kamal Bell and, and you know, Baria comics like Reggie Steele and, and, and you know, Greg Edwards, uh, well, who's now an LA comic. Um, but this was like my first sort of big quote unquote thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just really exciting to do and uh, yeah, made a thing and put it out there. It was, it was a lot of fun. Did some festivals and, and Met some great people. And- oh, he did the circuit. He did it. Yeah, did the any, circuit. Any desire to do another musical? A follow-up, perhaps? Uh, we, you know, it was funny. We were, at one point, I was like, oh, what if I could make this into a feature? And I just couldn't figure it out as a feature. And I was like, some things just are fine as they are. Right. Um, you know, and I, it, 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 that lives in a very specific time, even though, I think what we're talking about is a little bit relevant, is relevant now, mm-hmm. but in a different in a different way, I think, than what we were doing and how we were presenting it. And so, I don't know, I'm fine with that being where it is and kind of moving on to, to other stuff. So in 20, 2012 and 2013, you worked on a little FX project called Totally Biased, um, first as a writer and then head writer for the show. Uh, yeah. What was it like to transition from from writing and then jump into head writing? What's the kind of the big difference between those two things? Um, 
What I literally was just talking about this earlier today. So <laughs> oh, that wow. was my first <laughs> writing job, my first TV writing job. And, uh, you know, it was working with, with Kamau. He and I had been writing partners for a long time. We came up in the San Francisco comedy scene together. So, um, yeah, it was it was very exciting to have, you know, to have your first television writing job. And also it was crazy because I was living in L.A. at the time and then I had to move to New York in like two weeks for the job. So it had this extra boost of like and I'm in another city that I had no idea I was going to be going to like this is wild. And so um, that was crazy. That was exciting. It's weird, though, to 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 make that jump because. I feel like I was just getting to the point where I was really learning how to write a solid late night joke. Mm. Where I was just hitting the, the groove of like, oh, here's how you do it. I was just feeling comfortable with it. And then suddenly I was management, <laughs> you know? And <clears throat> so, uh, which I, you know, loved and I'm forever grateful for. And uh, I, I'm sure I made my share of mistakes. I tried to sort of, uh, keep the trains running on time as the expression goes. I didn't even know if that applies to that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I worked as a conductor. For of, course, no. of course, no. Of course, no. I was the, very naturally the that guy. all came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just suddenly I was, I wasn't focused on my own little jokes. I wasn't focused on trying to get on the show. I was like, I had to kind of, you know, manage and be there for these these writers this squad mm -hmm. and um so and it was a lot of pressure you know i mean um it was my first time doing that it was my first i was coming off my first tv writing job so that's where the, the it was just it was kind of insane it was mm -hmm. kind of insane i i love it though but it was crazy. And I'm glad I, I had that opportunity because it set me up for others down the line and just prepared me in a way for every other, every other mm -hmm. job I've had, every other writing job I've had, every other thing. You know, I, I always believe that every job has a, a, a specific purpose mm -hmm. in your career. Every one of them, there's something, you might not see it right away, but you're going to get in there and you're going to realize, oh, this is why I have this. This is what this is here for. And um, and this one was obviously no exception. And so, yeah, it was um, it was a it was a wild time. I'll tell you every and, you know, everything was new from where I was living to writing on a TV show to suddenly having this this job, this head writing gig. And so, yeah, it was just I was just trying to keep it together. It's like a sink or swim kind of moment for you, it sounds like a, a little bit. You know, but we were kind of all, you also got this sense that we were all in it together. We were all trying to make the yeah. show. It was something new. It was, you know, um, yeah. And so it was, it was very exciting and just like, holy shit, what's today going to be like? Mm -hmm. how, how are we going to pull it off? What are we going to, what are we going to, you know, what are we going to make happen? This bit that we're, we're coming up with, how is it going to be received? And then you look up and, oh my God, this thing sort of became like a hallmark for the show. And, and you know, so like, I don't know, it was just a super exciting um, time. Now, as big as that was, your next gig turned out to be even bigger, it would seem, um, last week tonight with John Oliver. Now, how did landing that gig come about and what was it like working on a show like that? 
Well, so actually, that was not my next job. My nope. next job was, uh, yeah, you fucked up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> internet. So, yeah, you, you blew it. No. Well, I, I missed a line here. It says best week ever on VH1. <laughs> yeah, see? Look, you got to read the fine print. Were you I didn't Facebook graduate. Like, high- were you reading hey, Facebook? I, I No, I joined the military. <laughs> reading is not my strong suit. Okay, I shoot guns. Oh, boy, here we go. Uh, no, and it, so well, here's what happened though. So, I you know, after two seasons, totally biased, it, get can- it gets canceled. I'm like, mm. so what does this mean? What am, am I gonna, when am I gonna work? If again, I, you know, in my head, I just was like, it's over, and and <laughs> That's um, it. yeah, and then, even though we'd had two seasons of the damn sh- like, you know, it was fine, and um, and so I ended up going to Best Week Ever. I had actually met with them early in the process of, of uh, early on uh, when we first started Totally Biased, or like it's kind of early when the show started. I had just met with them. And, and so that was, that was who we went to first. Um, and yeah, I got a job with them. And about two months into that job, I, just, I remember at some point, before I even started at Best Week Ever, my agent, I was in his office and I'm sitting there and he's like, oh yeah. So I think t- um, The Daily Show and John Oliver were both looking for writers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they were like, they were reminding me like, yeah, so you, you're going to submit to those, right? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, totally, absolutely. <laughs> but I was so shell-shocked from the, you know, from just the totally biased thing. And we had gone to five night or four nights a week and then the cancellation. I was just like, yeah, no, I, I'm going to do it, really. And then I just couldn't. I couldn't. And I had gotten the best week ever job. So I was like, I'm just, this is this is fine. So like two months into best week ever, though, my agent gets me a call. And he's like, you still want to do John Oliver? I was like, yes. And he's like, well, they were asking about you. So, you know, and I, he's like, put together a packet. I was like, so what, I got a couple of weeks. He's like, you got two days. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, well, no, Ross, not ideal, two days. but here we go. So I banged it out. And, um, and yeah, I, I went over, I met with them and like, I, I think I turned it in and I had a meeting with them the next day. And then by the end of the day, they, I had an offer. It's wow. that simple, everybody. It it's went, that simple. Well, uh, well. It's, it's, that's the moral of the story. TV writing is easy. Every aspect <laughs> of it is a piece of cake. It's, a cake it's so easy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just, it all happened really fast. And I was like, okay, here, here we go. And so, yeah, that was, that was that. Nice. And I was with that show for three seasons. In 2018, um, another big entertainment company, Comedy Central, again, asks you to be a writer for the show, The New Negroes. How did this kind of come about after leaving John Oliver and what kind of transition was it? Well... Okay, so it's a tricky thing because I was on the Jim Jeffries show and at the time, um, that was my first show after last week tonight. Mm-hmm. I, to Jim, I was at Jim Jeffries and then we were on like a hiatus and and the, the New Negroes is hosted by uh, Baron Vaughn and Oprah mm-hmm. Eagle. And so Baron is a long time friend. Baron of Thugs the Musical came, came to me and was like, yo, I'm doing this thing. You want to be the head writer? And I was like, all right. And so we met about it a couple of times. Um, 
uh, Open Mike Eagle and I had met before. Um, so we knew each other and yeah, it was a thing. It was like, a, I had a limited amount of time, but I was able to get in, you know, we were only doing six episodes for that season. And so, uh, or maybe seven. And yeah, I just kind of went in there, we did it and uh, just small room. And um, yeah, it was exciting. And that was also a show that was kind of different um, in structure, in everything. I don't think I've seen another show like that. Um, and, and then, you know, I, it's, it was basically like commentary from, from, from Mike and Baron. Uh, and then, cause they do the a live version of this and then standups in, mm-hmm. in between that. And so all of it is, uh, you know, around a specific theme, each episode. Um, and then there's a musical guest that would do a, a song with Mike, but they would do it as a music video. So we had, I mean, like Method Man and um, I want to say MF Doom. I, like so many great MCs came on there to, to do to do the show, and um, I got yeah, I got to be in a video with Method Man. That was one of the highlights of my. Career. Oh, w- which video was that? It was called Eat Eat My Feelings, I think. I can't remember the name of the, the time, but it was it was on the money episode of of, of, of um, New Negroes. Mm-hmm. But when you're shooting something with Method Man, you are also basically attending a Method Man concert. Yeah, because he, you know, when you're all, we're just hanging around waiting for the setups, and he's standing there, he's on his mark, he can't, you know, he's waiting, and he's just suddenly freestyling. <laughs> and I remember me and my friend uh, Malcolm Barrett, the actor Malcolm Barrett, was also on the in the the video, and we were just standing there together, like, "Holy shit, we were watching Method Man live, ten feet from." It was the dopest. Th- oh man, it was so great. It was so great. You didn't try to jump in, did you? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, step back. I got this. I got this. <laughs> the very idea that the fact that that never occurred to me. It should tell you. I mean, like, just imagine. Hey, Meth. Hey, Meth. Hey, let me get in here, Meth. You know, I used to freestyle back in the day. I have. I got it from here. Yeah. I got Thugs the Musical. Have you ever heard of that before? Oh man. Yeah. No, that did. That definitely did not happen. Uh, but yeah. So I. I mean, yeah. It was fun to you do that. I did stand up on the show as well, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and then went back to the Jim Jeffrey show, and um, yeah. Nice. Well, that we're we're gonna freaking take an expressway to your current work, which brings okay. us to 2019. You started working on the Great North on Fox and Bento Box Entertainment, of course. Yeah. Um, for this show, you kind of get to do a little bit of this and that acting, um, obviously with your voice acting for uh, Jarvis Dufresne. Uh, you're also an executive producer and a writer on the show. Um, how did this opportunity come about, and how did you get your foot in the door at Bento Box? Um, my friend Tall John called me. Who was all John for, uh, um, uh, Bob's Burgers, mm-hmm. and was he just hit me up and was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> and I was like, "It seems um, like this is a trend, Kevin." You know, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, and then I mean, that's obviously I'm very, of I'm, course, I'm really shorthanding it, but no, he uh, he just let me know what was going, what they were up to, mm-hmm. and um, put me in touch with uh um you know wendy and lizzie and mm-hmm. minty and i went in and i met them 
and yeah, and you know, started writing for the show. Uh, I did not, I mean, you know, again, the performer in me is like, ooh, it'd be fun to do a voice. I think I did a, one little voice in my first episode, mm -hmm. um, just like, like a, like we needed the narrator for a train documentary and so i did <laughs> i did that and um and 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 then yeah i ended up i just sort of threw my hat in the ring for i had written this character in the, the second episode i wrote was there was a a mall administrator character yes and i mm -hmm. and i just sort of threw my hat in the ring i was like i'll do i'll do the guy you know i think i did him at the table read Mm -hmm. And and then I was I think that's how and then I was like hey I'll do I'll you know and they were very cool about it and um, yeah so it it's fun to kind of to to wear all those hats though as you say do a little bit of everything and no, nothing gets old mm -hmm. nothing gets stale um, even in a pandemic because mm -hmm. we've all been working from home for most of the time the show has yeah we've been working on the show now it's very a little weird. But uh, yeah, so that's how that all, all went down. So I thought we could start with the, like what an executive producer kind of does for these shows. Cause you're the only one that's ever said yes. I am a, <laughs> a, 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 well, a co-executive producer. So Ooh, I am not, even. Uh, I would, that would insinuate that I'm a, a bigger cheese than I am. Um, <laughs> but I mean, look uh, that, regardless of what that all depends on the show the, the mm -hmm. role of the the you know just different shows I, I think kind of do it differently um I think in some cases you're expected to sort of take the reins sometimes and you know and then in some cases it's just the they might listen to you more you know so it's all it's all sort of different and stuff I this this room feels very much um it's super collaborative and I think super organic in how, you know, the writers work together, mm -hmm. all of us, whether you're a co-EP or whether you are a story editor or whether you are a staff, whatever, it's, we're all just throwing our, just getting dirty. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, yeah, none of that even come, I think that rarely comes into play uh, on our show. We're just kind of all in there helping each other out with each other's stories, pitching ideas. Um, hey, what do you think of this? I need help with this. Can you, who has an idea for this thing? And especially on Zoom when we're all, we're not even around each other. You know, <laughs> we're all, we're, we're all working from home on this show. And so, yeah, you just kind of have to rally everybody as much as possible. Um, when you need help on something or when you, and, and that's, that's been the very cool thing is that everyone has been enthusiastically down to, I mean, that's the job, mm -hmm. but everyone is, you know, you, you're not always that lucky. And so it's been very cool to have a, a group of writers who is like, yeah, man, I'll help you. What do you got? What are you, what are you doing? Hey, I got this idea. Oh, this would be great for your episode. Or, you know, that's, a, that's the fun part of doing this. Now, writing for a show like The Great North, um, coming from live action, is, is there a distinct difference writing for one project as opposed to the other, or is it just kind of in base? Basically, it's all the same, or no? I mean, it's it is a different process. I mean, you know, The Great North just stands alone, if anything, because it's an animated show. So right, it's yeah. like just the way that has to be executed, mm -hmm. a whole different bag of chips from from like 
being on a late night show or being mm -hmm. on a, um, you know, like a show that's predominantly stand up and, the, you know, they're all different or just a, a regular kind of live action, you know, your, your single camera, you know, sitcom or, or whatever, like, right. so yeah, this is, this is, is a very different beast. Um, certainly for me, because mm -hmm. I've never been a part of the animation process before. Uh, it's, it's a little surreal that, you know, season two is on the air. We're working on season three. Yeah. We're in the yeah. middle of season two, like midway through season two being on the air and we're, and we are banging away on season three. And so that's, that's why. And the fact that like, it wasn't that long ago that season one came out. Yeah, no, yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't oh, yeah. really that long ago. And, but it's, I, yeah, like I said, I started working on the show in 2019. Mm -hmm. So it's all just, it's, it's all crazy to me. It's all really weird. Um, but I'm enjoying the process and it's, and it's new and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never done anything like that. So. Do you have a particular character you like to um, write for? Um, or you just kind of tackle it as, as one giant puzzle and just. I think that's a good moon. Mm -hmm. I think, I think there's something about moon that I, I don't, I think of moon is a little Batman and I'm a huge Batman fan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes. Uh, yes. yeah, as you can see, if you look behind me, you can see a little Batman and Robin. Uh, yeah. So um, Adam freaking West. I got a story about yeah. him. A they're 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 pictures. They're framed pictures for the yes. people listening. Not I don't have the actual <laughs> Batman or Robin standing behind me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. Judy's very fun. Because mm -hmm. um, here's the thing: when you really think about the the actors doing it. And, mm -hmm. and you know what they're going to do, then it just, it's like, well, they're all fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that's, I don't mean to give you a bullshit answer, but <laughs> you know, I, I watch them every, every week or every other week or whatever in the table reads. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Jesus, look at these guys. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's very, it's, yeah, they all knock it out of the park. Do you have a, um, a favorite uh, particular episode, either one that you had worked on, or just one in general from the series up to this point? Oh man, uh, of the of the episodes that have aired, of course. Yeah, I know this can be hard. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I don't. I do not have a favorite episode. I like them all. Nice. nice. They're I'll... all my children. <laughs> but you always have a favorite. You always I have don't. A favorite. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> let myself think that hard about. Um, do I have a favorite episode? Man, I don't know. If not, you definitely have a favorite child. Everyone says they don't have a favorite child, but we all know there's that one that's an asshole. So that's what I hear. That's yeah. the word on the street. I don't have children, so I don't have to Me neither. be burdened with that nope. choice. But, uh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to voices, I know you got, will we get to see more of Jarvis Dufresne? I hope uh, we'll see. Uh, oh, actually, yes. Nice. Will we I get another say, song from Jarvis? I don't know. Oh. I can say he will be back. Okay. Um, and I hope there's even more of him to come. He's a fun. He's he's a fun guy to do. 
-hmm. And it's so funny because I got to be honest, I put that dude in there because I was like, well, he, he was a functional for the episode. Yeah. He (laughs) He carries it from thing to thing. Yeah. And then again, this is the collaborative nature of the show. The, the writers and, uh, you know, Wendy and Lizzie took that guy and, and (laughs) like punched him up and did some stuff to him that I was like, Oh, this is hilarious. I want to, I want to read. And, you know, a lot of his jokes aren't mine, aren't jokes that I wrote. And so, um, and so I felt it was this weird thing of when, when I was recording him, you know, we have to cut for time. You Mm -hmm. you all have Mm -hmm. a a two hour episode. And so there were, you know, he's, he has his function in the story, but he's not the driving force of the episode. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to lose some of his stuff, but they had come up with such funny stuff for me to say that I was like, can't we get this joke in here? (laughs) It's like, they were just so, they were so good about it. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was very fun to, to play around with him and with the, the, the material that they, that they, cause also, I, I don't know. It's weird. Once you know that you're playing a character you're there's a weird like a sort of weird loop you're in your head a little bit and suddenly I don't feel as free to write for even mm. though it's crazy because I'm mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian I write for myself yeah. all the time but writing for myself as a character it's a it's a weird thing and so other people always have say this you should say this oh this is they'll just always chime in with better so is that like your Batman one rule? Like I can't write more lines for myself. <laughs> I can't do this. Is that what I? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a wow. That's a good way of my Batman one. No. Oh yeah, because uh, no, I wouldn't say that's my rule. I would like to get better <laughs> at doing that. It's just once I know that I'm, if I'm gonna do a thing, it's I'm I'm in my head about it more. Is all is mm-hmm. you know. Uh, whereas with other the other characters, I'm like, oh, oh, what if what if you know Jenny Slate did this, or you know what if Will did the you know whatever it's you just kind of throw it out there. Mm-hmm. But when it's you, it's just like, oh, could he do that? That'd be cool if he did that. You're, you're like, hearing well, your no, own it doesn't voice. work, and you're like, oh man. I mean, <laughs> sometimes now sometimes it's you're just banging and like what when I was I don't know sometimes you can't just kind of slide in there and. and rattle some jokes out you know i mean that's you're supposed to be able to that's the nature of being a performer but um i don't know i think your friends are always better at sort of it's why the comics come off stage and and you know their buddies sitting in the back and you know she or he might be like hey i got a tag you, you should say this and it's this brilliant tag that you never would have thought of and you're like ah oh, shit of course it's just laying <laughs> there so you know it's just kind of how it is sometimes now, we recently ranked our top 10 favorite songs from all uh, the great North Bob's Burgers in Central Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, number two on my list was Jarvis Dufresne's, uh, what I'm calling oh, his theme man. song. Um, how exactly did that song come about? Yo, I got to be honest. I That was Wendy and Lizzie. Um, because I was going to, I had an idea for some, I don't know. It was for some other character. I pitched them some ideas and they were like, uh, what about Jarvis? What about mm-hmm. Jarvis? What if he did the song? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, 
yeah and so i was i was i had just bought this piano and i and i had just watched magic mike of course and perfect combo so I, had this, I had this idea of like so once they were like so you know go ahead and good luck with that i was like all right and i i was like what about like a something with a my pony type of in this the song came out way different than that but mm -hmm. it started it was much slower you know you only the songs you got 30 seconds it's right yeah, yeah happening at the end credits so but i was like well this is gonna be my but you know whatever so, so i would i at the time i was like oh what if it's like a um like a slow kind of grindy you know my pony uh by genuine my pony yeah. my, okay it's just called the genuine, genuine? I, I think it's just, just pony pony it's just yeah pony. yeah yeah um and uh and yeah so that's what i kind of put together on this piano and then I sent it to them and they're like, yeah, can we speed it up? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and then it just became much faster, but that same type of the piano and the thing. And it was, it was very fun to, to write the, you know, do all that and put the old song lyrics or the old song writing uh, mm -hmm. you know, from the, from the rap and singing group boy band mm -hmm. <laughs> back to use, you know, so yeah. Uh, everything about that, the animation with um, the background dancer just yeah. kind of doing the little oh, shoulder, yeah. sh shoulder shrug and I Jarvis Dufresne in his slacks and button up long sleeve, just kind of owning it. It's <laughs> perfect. Everything about it's perfect. I love it. I, oh, I just okay. rewatched it before we went and did this. And I wonder if they kind of did the nod with the pony because it ends with you on the carousel and he's just like, what, the background singers aren't going to do this? Okay. Oh, <laughs> he's just like, that's it. I, I would love to say, yeah, that's what that was. But it's I layers, man, know. layers. Yeah, it Who just gets so it? deep. But you know what? Let's just say yes. That's what that was, man. Let's you run with know. that. You don't even know. Wow. <laughs> really? I never thought about that. There it is, pony. Pony. He's riding on one. Jarvis Dufresne. Now. Wow. That's very <laughs> so he's always worried about his haircut because he just had it done. Are you yay or nay about his haircut? <laughs> I like his haircut. You know whose haircut I'm worried about right now? Uh, mine. Uh, mm. mine is, uh, I got well, for, I got headphone hair right now. You can't really see. Yeah, it's the headphones that are throwing it's, it off. Uh, Otherwise, it looks long, nice. Long. It's thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm due for a cut though. Oh, you and me I both. Got I got hair down to my eyes now, and it's whole yeah. to do. But yeah, Jarvis's hair I'm down with. I like Jarvis's whole. I like his whole look. I just like that he owns it. He's like, this is who I am. I'm Jarvis yeah. Dufresne. I run the mall. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah the mall administrator. I don't. Is that even a thing? <laughs> if it is, it's not something we respect. It's I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know what it was. Um, the idea I. I was thinking Lando Calrissian. Yeah. He's the quote unquote administrator <laughs> of this facility. And that's literally where that came from. It's just I'm a the title. Administrator like, of this facility. And that's he doesn't what even I know thinking. what he does. Yeah. I really, I, I, I was, I had some other stories that in, maybe involved him when I was coming up with this one, that honeybee and, you know, her storyline and that may have involved him in a different capacity. And I couldn't, you know, I don't remember exactly what they were, but that was sort of the where that came from. This idea of this sort of Lando Calrissian type of guy, 
Um, maybe not even as smooth as Lando, but like just this, I run the mall. I just thought that would be very funny. And then he just, you know, instead of a very smooth guy, he came out just the opposite, which I found even funnier. So, yeah. I, I like in, I assume the show takes place in current time. So in 2022, we're still doing things at the mall, even though yeah. nobody really goes to the mall anymore. And he's taken his job oh so seriously. So you know, I, I love him for that. That's what it's all about. The seriousness. So, so you also supplied the voice for Victor in Bob's Burgers, uh, the episode uh, FOMO, you didn't. Um, would you like to be in more episodes as a voice actor? Are you kind of good with the writing side of things? And No, I love doing it. I, I think I told them that too. I was like, yeah, I'm around. Let me know. I'm, I mean, it, it really was that simple. I was like, I'm here. We're all in the same damn building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. I'm right you know where here. to find me. Yeah, it's literally a matter of sticking my head out the, hey, is Kevin here? And it, Yeah, what's up? <laughs> you know and that's you need me in the um, in the booth i can get in there yeah no it, it was it was really fun to do and um i mean obviously i didn't just stick my head down the hall you know I, I recorded that last year sometime so again i i was at home but i i think at that time we were they started going back to the studio so i just went around you know to the studio and did it and um i did him and Another uncredited, I think, is uh, cousin Lou or something. Mm. Would you say I? I did. Victor, oh, you did Victor. Yeah, Victor, and then I think cousin Lou. Unless they changed it and they put someone else's voice there. And I'll tell you something. I I didn't know the episode aired. Someone told me, and then I went and checked it out. And they, and I was and I heard the cousin Lou talk and I is unrecognizable and I was like I'm not sure if that's me or not and the same thing with Victor actually I was like I don't know it has been a while and I was like I don't know what I was doing with my voice is that me I think it's me and it's then it sort of became a little bit recognizable but uh yeah it was just fun to go in there and goof around and 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 play with those characters fun so are you excited? We're we've been really excited about how season two has been going, and we really think the Great North has hit like it's really good stride mark. It's really improved on season one, and we really, really are just we want the news. We want the new episodes. So we're just annoyed that we have to wait. But guys, I, I got them right here. That, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and that was the last time we saw Kevin working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! Next time we saw him, he just was carrying his things in a box. Which is weird because he was working from home. <laughs> but we just wanted to know how you feel season two leading into season three. Do you feel really confident about the, how the show's going? And I guess we're just really excited for season three. So, um, yeah, I, it's very, it's, that's funny. That question's it's very much phrased like a sports question. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Sorry. Listen, guys, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. We got a good writing team. We, we're a strong writing team. Nope, yes. uh, we just got to yep. execute. You know, we got to move. We got to move the uh, the ball down the field. Yeah, no, we just we just got to get a strong arm under center, and we'll be good for season three. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. all it is. Uh, practice. No. We are doing practice. I mean, it's funny. I'm 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 very excited because I feel the show it gets stronger, and it also gets a little weirder. Yes, there are things. There's so many things you guys are going to see that are like, what the hell hell is happening with these people and so it's, it's just really exciting and um yeah i i can't wait i mean it's funny because like i can't wait for you guys to see the rest of season two 
Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, and already, I'm over here tinkering on season three, and I'm like, holy shit, this stuff is nuts. So uh, yeah, I think the show is just, it's gonna get more fun and funnier. It's gonna get kind of deeper into the world of these uh, of the Tobin family mm-hmm. and of Lone Moose mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I, it's it's exciting to to be a part of it and you know watch it all unfold. So before we get out of here, is there anything you'd like to plug or let folks know about? Um, I am writing for a show called The Great North right now. It's um, oh, tell us about Fox that. Sundays, yes, eight thirty p.m. And, Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I think that about covers it. <laughs> <laughs> busy man, busy man. I'm also shopping yeah, yeah. Thug Two. If you're looking to Thug <laughs> Musical Two, no, J- JB uh, and me, JB and I will write that. Yeah, we'll actually, write it. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm I may be talking out of my ass, but I think it's it's um the like the 10 year anniversary of Thug's musical. <laughs> and so I I just someone pointed that out to me. I was like, oh shit, really? And um so it's not out. I just realized it's it's just not out there. So I am going to be I think I'm going to be putting it on YouTube soon. A deluxe oh, Blu-ray release perhaps? Not the hugest plug, but it's just like <laughs> if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, um this yeah, Thugs came out February of uh, 2012. So, I think a touring uh, a touring show is in order then. We used to do live shows of it, or or like a I called it Thugs Almost Live, and it was <laughs> we would we would do have comics come and perform some of the songs from the show with with myself. It was like a rotating cast. Yeah. Cool. Um, me and some of the people who were in the movie, we would perform the songs, and then also we'd have those comics perform and do stand up, and then we would screen the movie after. So um, yeah, but nice. but for now, I don't know that that's going to be happening with the way things are. But um, yeah, I, def- I definitely want people to be able to see it. So look for it soon. All right. So before we get out of here, I would be kicking myself if I did not ask a question or two about, and let me make sure I get this correct here. Uh Um, Let's see. Uh, Eventually you were called Alias, but before that, I believe you were called, (laughs) you were a group. Hold on. You weren't getting out of this. You were also a group of six, but you called yourselves for now. Uh, And then you decided to change your name to um, forces of nature. Um, So what was that all about? And then also a uh, follow-up, why a ladder? <laughs> why a ladder? First yes. of all, that's such that's the most appropriate question. What was that all about? <laughs> um, why? So yeah, we were a uh there were a bunch there were it was like this crew guys I hung out with, and we were a dance crew. Oh okay. then, but four of us were just four of us. And mm-hmm. then but we would whenever we hung out, we would sing together. And we just started harmonizing. Do it. It was very organic. Mm-hmm. How a singing group should be, of course, you know, not put together on a TV show. Yeah, and, no. And so, um, yeah, that was. So we came together. We we were we called ourselves for now. That was literally an accident. <laughs> um, our first show, we were we were at the rehearsal the day of the show. Mm-hmm. And we're standing there. I don't know what we we're trying to figure out, but this woman comes up with a clipboard and is like, "So, um, how are we introducing you? What are we, what are we calling you guys?" And we were like, "Oh, we hadn't 
we didn't figure this out yet. We had not <laughs> thought of a name. And despite the fact that we'd been singing together for weeks and, mm. um, and I thought I was being clever and I was like, well, you know what, for now, um, <laughs> we'll be for now. And she just, that clipboard lady just went, whatever motherfucker and wrote and <laughs> walked away. And I, surely, you know, I was like, oh, we'll, we'll figure out something and then we'll tell them later. And then mm. we just forgot. And so <laughs> cut to the, that night at the show, we're standing behind the curtain, ready to go out. And we hear, we're all excited, smiles on our faces, about to hit that harmony. And then we just hear, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for now. Hey, what the fuck? And then the curtain just raises and we got to just start singing. And that became our name. And that's why we are for now. With six people on stage. With of course, yeah. Six it makes people sense. that mm -hmm. night. So there were people in the audience going, well, hold on a minute. I, One, two, three, four, I see the four, but then are the... Are those other two now? What's going on? <laughs> like, it just, none of it made sense. And then at some point we broke up mm -hmm. and we, or we stopped singing together for a while and then kind of reformed a different version of us. And I had the idea to call ourselves Forces of Nature. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where I came up with that, but that was my favorite name of all of them. <laughs> and the, it sounds the more the most superhero-y. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's really where it comes from. I'm, I'm a big comic book person. And so, and then we, we then kind of changed up again, all of the different iterations of the same crew of people. <laughs> and we went from like six, then to three, then to four. And, mm -hmm. and then when we were four, we were like, but let's change that name. <laughs> and I was, I think I was the only one in the group who was like, oh, and, <laughs> and then we were, we couldn't, we were like, all right, what should we, what should, and it might've been me again. I said, what about alias? And everyone, we looked at each other like, yeah, like that was the greatest thing ever. That was the worst <laughs> name we could have come up with. <laughs> we sounded like an eighties hair band. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the latter part, though. Hey, man, uh, back is it back back in the nineties? You had uh, had to be posed on a ladder. There was everybody was on a ladder. Shit. Yeah, we mm -hmm. were on a ladder doing these crazy goofy poses, like we were. It was, I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm looking at the photos here. The great photos. Um, First of all, uh, in one, in, I'm also wearing something that looks like a fireman's jacket. So the ladder is a little bit appropriate. Another pony reference. Yeah, okay. yeah, I yeah. Mean, and, yeah. You got I'm your uh, pants tucked into your boots. It's it's a whole look. Yeah, you got it. Hey, man, you don't. That's that's how you rocked it with the Tim. It's the '90s, man. I don't Everybody even know if those it. were actual Timberland boots, but uh, they weren't. They were some, they were Tim Timberlikes. I don't suppose any of this music got recorded. Um, well, I would suppose it did. And, Ooh. Um, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that For the album never... release later this year. It, it's actually, it's on, there are some of the songs are online somewhere. Oh. I've heard them. I've, oh. I've come across a link. It, it, are these uh, Forces of Nature, Alias, or For Now songs? They are, I want to say For Now. Oh, that's maybe Alias. Okay. All right, we'll find this. Oh, no, 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 forces of nature because 
because I think I've referenced when in one of my rhymes on like one I think I've referenced forces of nature or mm. the FON crew or something like that. Huh. We'll get we'll get our people on that. We'll find it. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> Best of luck. I have a whole there's right over there is a whole uh, big thing of of recordings. Everything cool recordings. seems to be just over there. <laughs> with all the Legos. <laughs> now, one last thing. This has nothing to do with anything we've talked about so far. All right, um, sure. Another deep dive on your page. A lot of Batman stuff. Huge Batman fan myself. What the hell Same. page are you on? Your Instagram. What if that was, what if that was on LinkedIn? Oh, this LinkedIn, is, it's all Batman. This was just me standing outside the window going, all right, Legos, Five, Batman. Five, mm-hmm. ten, likes Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on my page, a lot of Batman references on my Instagram? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Uh, you, had some, you had some dope uh, Batman cufflinks. Um, what what oh, are you feeling? Yeah. yeah. What, are, what are you feeling about the new uh, Robert Pattinson? Oh, what, why didn't we start with this? Right. Look. Uh, no, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm I love Batman. Same. I grew up Batman, my favorite superhero. Yeah. I'm a, this is a Marvel household mm-hmm. for the most Ooh. part. Ooh. But I'm a Batman. Batman's my favorite superhero. I Absolutely. read both. Same. Read both Marvel and best vil- best yeah. villains by far. Oh yeah. Uh, who Marvel or DC? Uh, Batman. Batman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and and that the thing about this movie, I really like so far what I've seen of the villains mm-hmm. and how, how grounded everything really seems. And mm-hmm. I'm excited for Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. I love, I like when they cast someone that makes everybody groan yep. because we all should have learned our lesson when they cast Heath Ledger and everyone was like, Boom. what the? Yeah. Or, or, or uh, uh, Chris Evans yeah. as Captain. I remember I- There was a lot you know, of flack about that. Yeah, when I heard about Chris Evans, I was arms folded like the guy for, no, uh-uh. And not another team. Yeah. And not another team uh, movie. It's like, no. Yeah, I was not happy. And now I, I love that guy. He's, he's great. So Who's your just um shut the hell up and just let them do their job. No, we need to judge it by based off absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. Just <laughs> merit alone. Right. Do, do you have a favorite uh Batman? As far as actors go. Oh. Uh, I mean. Mm. I, that's a tough question because um, I'm gonna say now I, I will preface this. Um, there is a difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman. I know. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's really hard because I have favorite Batman movies. Okay. But the favorite Batman, I think they. Oh, this is boy. The internet's gonna come for me. The internet's gonna come for me. We may shut this interview down, but go on. It's Ben Affleck. Oh no! Okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, hundred percent. I'll tell you why. He's he's great. Um, yeah. Keaton is a great is was a cool Bruce Wayne. I just think now he was the first one, mm-hmm. and it's just I see it all differently now. Um, but he's, I mean, he's the man's a legend, and and what he did, just wonderful. Um, I Christian Bale is cool. I I like Christian Bale in the context of the movie. I loved those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that whole world, I re- I really did love it. But um, and the others in between. I am one of those people who thinks that actually George Clooney was a good was not a bad Batman. 
I think okay. it was actually a good, a really good Bruce Wayne. Yes. George Clooney was the victim of a bad, bad movie. Yes. And so, um, and I, and so with the thing with Ben Affleck though, that I say as Bruce Wayne, I just, it was, I think, cause I, we'd had so many years of Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. This guy just, he was completely different coming at you. Yeah. I loved that, that whole scene in Batman v Superman uh, where he's running down the streets of, of Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love that. I love that Bruce Wayne. That was really cool. But his Batman, I will say this, the Ben Affleck Batman, specifically the warehouse fight, is mm-hmm. the first time someone has gotten the way Batman fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like straight out of the Arkham games. Yeah, um, I was, yeah. I was like, there is that's that's my guy. That's the dude. Right. For now. me, it's if you could take the Arkham Batman and put him in real life, I'd be like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because it's got I mean, the best voice and it's the fighting style. And it's like, yeah. Just the way that, oh man, how he did it. I was like, that's the comic books. And yet it still feels grounded and real. It didn't feel like cartoony. So there you go, folks. Uh, Kevin, we can't thank you enough for sitting down with us and giving us as much time as you have. We really appreciate that. Oh, right on. Thanks a lot, you guys. And um, I guess this is the best place time as any to sign off here. So for From the Great North to Wonder Wharf, as always, I am Mike. And I'm JB. And we will see you next time. What's up, chumps? I'm <laughs> just kidding, just fooling around. Gotta knock these bozos and wieners off. Mark, some sort of beast has entered our abode. Tina, for the love of God! Turn away or stop! From the Great North to Wonder Wharf. All right!